Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You are listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your market view. Now, as markets continue to mull the Fed's interest rate hikes, we want to switch gears to look at growth forecasts for the following year, 2023. Now, well, according to an Economist Intelligence Unit or EIU report, global real GDP growth is expected to come in at just get this, 1.7% in 2023. No thanks to the war in Ukraine, lockdowns in China and supply chain disruptions that continue to hurt growth. Now that said, the EIU believes that Asia will be able to weather these challenges better with regional GDP growth forecasted to come in at 3.5% despite a continuation of China's zero-COVID strategy question is, why is this the case and which are the outperforming sectors? So, for more, I'm joined by Anna Nichols, Director of Industry Analysis at the Economist Intelligence Unit or the EIU with us. Hi, Anna, are you there? Hi, hi. Delighted to be with you. Uh, great to have you on our show as well, Anna. Let's start by looking at global real GDP growth expected to come in at just 1.7% next year. How did you arrive at this conclusion? Well, we've actually cut that very slightly to 1.6% just after the paper was published. And and we've arrived at that conclusion. We have country analysts covering all 200-odd countries worldwide, looking at demand trends in those countries, looking at what's happening to industries. And we then aggregate that up to a a global GDP growth figure that also takes into account the political environment. So uh, we've got a lot of things weighing on global growth at the moment. Obviously, high inflation, cost of living crisis in many countries, and as a result of that, a rise in interest rates, which is intended to dampen demand. And obviously, as demand is dampened, particularly in the EU and the US, Hmm. where we're expecting economies to tip into recession, so you've got less export demand. So that impacts on Asia. Um, in terms of external demand and and dampening growth also in Asia. Well, talking about dampening growth, um, well, both in Asia and globally, I understand global healthcare spending set to increase by 4.9% year-on-year in dollar terms. So which are the sectors that will support growth or will dampen growth the most? Well, actually, healthcare spending is fairly neutral. Mm. Um, so it actually, as a percentage of GDP, it's going to stay around the same, 10.6% of global GDP. So that's not one of the sectors that's really driving growth. And in fact, we're expecting healthcare spending to mm. fall in some countries in uh-huh. real terms. So obviously, you mentioned 4.9% growth in US dollar terms. But obviously, that's an in, in an environment where costs in healthcare and wages in healthcare are going up more than that. Um, so that's not one of the sectors. If you look overall... It's basically at the moment, and it has been for the past few years, industry that is driving growth. So in the most recent terms, that means the oil and gas sector. It also means just uh, digitalization and improvements in industry efficiency generally. Agriculture is pretty well flat. It has... It has fallen, but now and now it's pretty well flat as a percentage of GDP. And services are falling, and that's partly because of the countries that are actually uh, seeing slow growth. So obviously the U.S. European markets, where we're expecting recessions, are largely driven by services, whereas Asia, where we're expecting some growth, mm. um, is more by industry. 
Right. And also, Anna, let's turn our attention to look at the war in Ukraine and its impact on global trade. Now, Russia's President Vladimir Putin had on Wednesday reserves Russia's right to withdraw from the Black Sea Grain Deal. Of course, it's a step in the right direction, but we're still seeing lots of uncertainties and tension there. It might be a little bit too early to ask, but how do you see all of that weighing on the global commodity sector for from Russia, I'd like to look at something that's a little bit more positive, tourism. Now, according to the EIU, international tourism arrivals will rise by 30% next year, following a 60% growth this year. So tell us more about the reasons for that. Well, you have to put that in the context of how much it plummeted. So it was down by about 85% in 2020, and pretty much the same in 2021. Um, so the pandemic and those travel restrictions that were put in place really had a huge impact on the global tourism market. So that growth uh, that I mentioned, 60% in 2022, 30% in 2023, is basically a rebound. And mm-hmm. we're not actually expecting that rebound to get us back to 2020, 2019 levels within 2023. Um, but it is the release of pent-up demand as barriers start falling again after the pandemic. So people are just getting back in the habit of taking international holidays again. We're seeing business travel starting to revive, although nowhere near back to its former levels. Hmm. The big crucial question is China and how quickly that market will open up. Right. And what questions over when China will be able to open up? Now, Bloomberg earlier reported that China plans to increase the number of international flights to 840 a week between October to the end of March next year. But will we be able to go through with this with China reimposing lockdowns? What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that when China uh, sets a target, it tends to try to keep to that target. But whether those flights will actually be full is a very different question. Um, so um, China clearly does need to gradually ease the zero COVID policies um, for lots of reasons. But it is going to be really difficult because the Omicron variant is so infectious that mm. there will be a surge in cases whenever um, restrictions are eased. And so China really has to step very gradually and carefully in that process. It also hasn't done anything to prepare the population for the fact that um, cases will rise 
as soon as those uh, policies come to the end. Right. So the messaging has all been about the stigma and the danger of COVID still. Whereas other countries have obviously moved to a messaging of this is something you've got to live with. One reason for that, obviously, is that China has a real problem in terms of its ITU capacity. Mm-hmm. But if it does see a really big surge in cases, even though Omicron is less deadly right, than I other see. variants, yeah. But just the sheer number of cases would overwhelm the ITU capacity. So China does have to spread And Anna, I'm so sorry about that. I have about one minute left to go and I really want to ask you these two questions. So I'll just put them together. Now, the first one is that uh, EIU believes that growth in Asia will be above global average even amid the downturn in US and Europe. So what are the reasons for that? And the second question has to do with renewable energy consumption. Why is Asia leading the way? So um, in terms of the growth question... Um, right. What's primarily driving growth, as you mentioned, external demand, so export demand for Asian goods, is not going to be particularly strong. Um, but internal demand is definitely starting to recover. Um, and um, there are still, particularly in China where we've had lockdowns, there's some pent-up savings that can go into demand. Um, so those factors are driving growth. And also just the longer-term drivers of growth, so things like urbanization rates. In China, that still and, and just in, you know, increasing economic development and industry, that still got quite a lot of momentum behind it and quite a lot of, of, of way to go. Um, and in terms of your question about renewable energy consumption, um, so obviously governments are, uh, are very supportive of trying to create a good envi- business environment for renewable energy consumption. So China, India, um, Japan, all of those countries are starting to build up the renewables market. So China is going to add close to 70 gigawatts of combined solar and wind mm. capacity in 2023. That's almost half of Germany's total at the moment. And then in Australia, you've also got quite strong sharing of the renewables market. So um, lots of demand um, and lots of investment going into the renewables sector. Ryan, lots to look forward to as well. Thank you very much, Anna. We'd love to continue uh, this conversation someday as well. That was Anna Nichols, Director of Industry Analysis at the Economist Intelligence Unit or the EIU. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.